Amen. You can have your seats. You can have your seats. I hope you're excited to be here tonight. Say with me, the river of Eden. Say it again. Say the river of Eden. I want us to get into this so we can begin to minister and pray for you. But I want you to, uh, um, uh, uh, I want you to, to, um, to, uh, I want you to, to, to just focus upon, you know, I spoke this morning on the four rivers and we said that, uh, we said that, um, uh, uh, we spoke about the river. How many were here this morning? Let me just see. Raise your hand. So we spoke about the river of prosperity. We spoke about the river of uh, overflow and breakthrough. And then we spoke about the river of, uh, what is it? Calling on purpose and deliverance. Are you guys with me? And then we spoke about, what is the other one? We spoke about... Huh? Sweetness, the river of sweetness and the anointing. Four rivers coming out of, you say, coming out of me. So I want to go a little bit deeper with this uh, tonight. And um, let me just see if I can find something or go somewhere. And then I know, I'm just going to flow tonight. I have a little bit of the message, but uh, um, I'm going to get that through. But I want, I'm actually getting that through so that our spirits can be ready. And then I just want to pray and anoint everyone. And I heard there's, there's rugby or something on tonight. So uh, those of you that came, uh, God bless you. And uh, uh, you know. Go with me to, go with me to, go with me to Genesis chapter number 5 verse 1. Wait, let me just see if that is it. No. No, wait, 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 wait. I'll get it now. No, no, no. Let's go to Genesis 2 verse 1. We'll start there. Let's go to Genesis 2 verse 1. Let's go to Genesis 2 verse 1. So it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them thereof. Or they were finished. Let me read out New King James. That's fine. And on the seventh day, God ended His work. So with me, ended. This is very important because the seventh day speaks of, uh, it speaks of a dynamic called rest. So Paul is saying, listen, and if we look in, and we read in the book of Hebrews 4, he's saying, let us enter the rest of the Lord. Meaning that what is salvation? Say with me, it's the rest. A lot of Christians, they receive salvation, but they haven't even entered the rest yet. And he's saying, I made Eden, and then I made it a place of rest. I made the garden, I made it a place of rest. Meaning on the seventh day, 
God rested. Are you guys with me? The glory can never move unless somebody knows how to operate in the realm of rest. A person cannot receive the glory of God unless they know how to rest in His salvation. What is the rest in His salvation? It is the assurance that I cannot lose my salvation. Are you guys with me? Isn't it amazing you come out of the Enichia church and you're fully convinced you're saved and you're convinced you cannot even lose your salvation coming out of the Enichia church. And then you step into a charismatic church or a Pentecost church or whatever we are. And uh, we think that all of a sudden every little thing is going to cause us to lose our salvation and we fail to enter the rest. What is the rest? It is the promise. The promise is not far off in the heavens. It is right here in our midst now. Are you guys with me? When Jesus, I shared with you last week, when Jesus broke the bread and He ate of the bread, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is fulfilled. So what did He do? He said, it is done, it is finished. When He went to the cross, it is finished. Meaning God's wrath ended upon the cross. Are you guys with me? All His wrath is poured out upon the cross. Meaning that God is not angry now. He has a righteous judgment now. But there's no longer a wrath and an anger of the Lord. Are you guys with me? It ceased upon the cross. His wrath against the Gentiles ceased at the cross. Not only did that cease at the cross, the Bible says that uh, the devil has been destroyed, Satan has been destroyed, dethroned, and removed at the cross, at the finished work of the cross. It was at the finished work of the cross where he was defeated, dethroned, and destroyed. So if he dethroned, a king as a king is a king because he has a throne. He said, I dethroned Lucifer, which means that he once was a king. And what did I make you? I made you to be seated in heavenly places. Meaning that where he had a throne once, you have a throne. Are you guys with me? A lot of Christians don't know how to enter the rest of God. And because they don't know how to enter rest, they cannot experience their salvation fully. They haven't entered it. They're still trying to attain it and work for it. Some of them believe they have it, but then tomorrow they don't believe they have it. Because they've never entered the rest. And it is because of wrong doctrine that has been preached. So I'm getting to Eden. Are you guys with me? So where are we? Genesis. So God created. He finished His work. He ended His work, which He had done. And He rested on the seventh day from all His work, which He had done. Let's go on. Then God blessed the earth. Sorry, then God blessed the seventh day. Say with me, the seventh day. It was on the seventh day that Jesus went up to the Mount of Transfiguration and His face shone like light. Why? God blessed the seventh day. Are you guys with me? 
it is the seventh day where He rested. We look at seven days, even in the glory when Moses was on the mountain. There is something when it comes to seven, when it speaks of the fullness of God. So when we see and we look at, let me, let me, let me go somewhere. Go to, on the screen, go to Isaiah chapter number 11 verse 1. Isaiah 11 verse 1. So, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. So with the Spirit of the Lord. Number one. The spirit of wisdom, number two. And understanding, number three. The spirit of counsel, number four. And the spirit of might, number five. The spirit of knowledge, number six. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord, number seven. Are you guys with me? I want to see if I can find something. Hmm. Go with you back to that verse again. Don't worry, we're going to get to Eden right now. Because I have to connect it from here. Go Isaiah 11 verse 1 again. Wait, go verse 3. Verse 3. Listen to this. So I read you seven spirits of God. Are you guys with me? He says, look at what will happen when you move in the seven spirits, which is the fullness, the completion. His delight, the one who is in this, his delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. He says, this one, when he looks at somebody, he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor judge what he hears by his ears. For God is saying, I am a God that does not look upon the outwards, for I look upon the heart. But let's get back to verse number two. I'm going to read it again, verse number two. Listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord, so the Spirit of the Lord, number one, shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, number two. The spirit of understanding, number three. The spirit of counsel, number four. The spirit of might, number five. The spirit of knowledge, number six. The spirit of the fear of the Lord, number seven. But these seven spirits of God is compartmentalized into four categories. So the four categories. Let's go to Zechariah chapter, oh wait, wait, before we go there, let, let's stay on this. So, so let me explain this. The Spirit of the Lord is number one. And the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord shall rest. So with the rest. When Jesus was baptized, the Bible says a dove or the Holy Spirit came like a dove out of the heavens and rested upon Him. 
God rests upon a person and is looking for a resting place. That is why the Holy Ghost cannot dwell with a person. I'm speaking of the physical manifestation of the Holy Spirit that has anxiety and fear because there's no rest. When you don't have rest, there's no confidence, there's no grace, there's no boldness and the Holy Spirit cannot rest upon that one. Because they will move to the flesh and they will resist the flow of God. Are you guys with me? They will resist the flow. Listen to me. There are some people that are ankle deep. There are some that are knee deep. There are some, but they are still resisting a move of God. Because their flesh is in the way. Because their flesh is in the way, there's anxiety, there is fear, there's anxieties. And the Spirit of God cannot move because He doesn't rest upon them. Timothy is looking for a resting place. Even as Jonah, sorry, as Noah sent out a dove, the Bible says that the dove, which is symbolic of the Holy Ghost, came back and he could not find a resting place. And so the Holy Ghost is still going out, looking for a place and a person on whom he can rest and abide his presence upon. Are you guys with me? And the one he can rest upon is the one where rivers of living water shall flow out of. But now listen to this. So the Spirit of the Lord, number one, the second category of these seven spirits is the spirit of wisdom and understanding. This is the second category. It's actually one spirit actually. So it's seven spirits, but it's four spirits. Then you have the spirit of counsel and might. The third spirit. Are you guys with me? And number four, you have the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, the fourth spirit. So yes, it's the seven spirits of God. But, as the book of Revelation says, but there's four spirits also. Go to Zechariah chapter number six, verse five. Let me show you. Zechariah six, verse five. And the angel answered and said to me, these are four spirits of heaven who go out from their station before the Lord of all the earth. Are you guys with me? What is he saying? The seven spirits of God, which is the seven flames of the Holy Ghost, which is the fullness and represents rest. Whenever you see seven, it represents rest. Meaning that God wants to go in a resting season. Are you guys with me? Every seventh year is a year of rest. Every seventh year is a year where there must be rest or the land must rest according to the Hebraic calendar. Now Zechariah jumps and he says there are four spirits of heaven. Meaning the four spirits that I just mentioned to you now, the Spirit of the Lord that needs a resting place. Once you're able to rest and the Spirit of the Lord can come upon you as rest, then the spirit of wisdom and counsel comes and the spirit of, fear, of might and knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Are you guys with me? So let's, let's carry on. Where were we? Genesis chapter number two, verse two, I think. And on the seventh day, say the seventh day, God ended His work which He had done and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. Say with me, God rested. 
The only way you can experience His presence is by having a rest in your spirit. How is that rest? The number one, you need to have an assurance of your salvation. That is why we preach grace. Because those who don't understand grace can never enter into a place of rest. And it is at a place of rest where the presence enter. It is not me going into my room and and praying and working it up that the presence comes. No, praying is good. And that is intercession. But it is a realm or a place where I can rest. It is a place called Eden. Even though it is in me and I am Eden, it is also a place called the secret place. It is called Mount Zion. Even though Zion, Mount Zion is in me, it is also a spiritual location. Please understand it. What I mean by in me, someone can be around a hundred people and they can get into the secret place in their spirits. But then there's also a physical location where Jesus is saying, I want you to apply it physically. I want you to go into your secret place. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father who lives in the secret who lives in Eden, who lives in you. A lot of people are looking for God out there, yet He's right here. And He's saying you can only enter into this realm once you understand the realm of rest. Are you guys with me? And, and the book of Hebrews is saying, I yearn I, that you may diligently enter the rest of the Lord. What happens the moment you rest? You begin to flow where the river flows. People that cannot rest cannot be fruitful. Are you guys with me? What did God do? He created man and He put him in the garden. He put him into a place of rest. And He said, you will have dominion. You will rule and reign. You will have authority and dominion over the fish of the sea, over the, every creeping thing, over the fowl of the air and over the earth you will have dominion. You will subdue. But man could have dominion because man understood rest. A king doesn't stand up. A king sits on his throne. Are you guys with me? From the seventh day, God sat and He rested and He never stood up. And when He rested, He rested because He created an earth that has a residual system of working. Angels working, that's the system of heaven, answering prayers. So God rested from His work because things were put into place and He was able to rest. And He's saying that is the picture of salvation, that you no longer have to work to get to a place of meeting the requirements, but that every requirement against your name is wiped out and cleaned. Are you guys with me? Let me look for something. I think it is, uh, uh, I think it is Colossians 2 verse 14. Go to Colossians 2 verse 14 or maybe let's say um, 13. So these people that are saying there are requirements for your salvation, there's only one requirement. That is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. Then what happens? He says, and you being dead in your trespasses 
and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him. Have to with me with Him. Meaning He has made you alive with Christ, having forgiven you, forgiven past sins, not future sins, not will forgive you, but have forgiven you all trespasses. Next verse. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was held against you, which was contrary to us. And He has taken it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. There's no requirements. People are saying, oh no, but brother, there's obedience. You need to be obeying commandments. You need to obey the Word. No, no, no. There's no requirements when it comes to salvation then you can be a good Christian and begin to do the things thereafter. But don't put something on Christ that He has never put on. Don't put something on people that Christ has went to the cross for. Taken the weight of sin, became sin for you and I, so that the handwriting of requirements will be wiped away against you. Are you guys with me? And once you understand and get a revelation of this, you can enter the rest of the Lord. You can enter into His rest. What is the rest? It is the land of promise, the land of Canaan. It is Eden. It is the secret place. It is Mount Zion. It is salvation. Come, is Jesus says, come and drink of this water and have rest. Take my yoke. My yoke is easier. My burden is light. Come to me, you who are heavy burdened. You have a yoke upon you. Come to me and take my yoke, meaning there's a rest by me. But you have to understand this gospel of grace to know that there is rest under this thing. If a church puts you under a yoke, it is not of God. I'm not speaking of discipline and serving. I'm speaking of a yoke that removes your identity and makes you think you cannot enter heaven or you will lose your salvation if you leave the church or you'll lose your salvation if you don't do one, two, three. You will never work out of a good heart. You will always operate out of fear. And where fear is, the Spirit of the Lord is not. Because fear is a spirit. For He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So that tells me where, power, where fear is, there is not power, there is not love, and it is somebody that doesn't have a sound mind. Any person that deals with fear doesn't have a sound mind. Their mind lies to them. Are you guys with me? Anybody that has fear, it is, their mind is speaking contrary because they're lacking the river of Eden. They're not in a place called the river. They are still ankle deep when it comes to the flow of God. Are you guys with me? So go with me to, let's go to, let's jump to Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47 verse 1. I hope you um, catching this tonight Ezekiel 47 verse 1 
So, what did we touch on this morning? We said, before we go there, in fact, go with me to Revelation uh, 22 verse 1. Revelation 22 verse 1. Remember, what did we say? We said, there's a river that comes out of Eden. Are you guys with me? Coming out of Eden, breaking up in four river heads. And we discussed that Jesus says, drink of this living water and I will cause rivers to flow out of your belly, rivers to flow out of your heart. Your heart is four chambers, so I will cause four rivers to begin to flow out. Once these rivers come out, if Jesus was the last Adam and he had rivers coming out of him and we have rivers coming out of us, Adam had a river coming out of him, which was the river of Eden, meaning Adam is Eden. And you are a walking Eden wherever you are. You are an open heaven. You are a portal to heaven. You are a place where angels ascend and descend. And you are a place where God transacts with you. And you you transact with the heavenly. So now we can go from this, we can go to Revelation 22 verse 1. And He showed me a pure river. Say with me, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Hold on. So what is happening with the river in heaven? The river in heaven is coming out of the Lamb. Are you guys with me? I want you to look at this because earth is a copy of the things of heaven. I read it to you this morning. The Bible says that what we are living in, we're living in a copy of things that are in heaven. If in heaven the river comes out of the Lamb and it comes out of the throne, it proceeds out of the throne. Are you guys with me? You are a temple. Out of you will throw a river. In Genesis, a river flows. What is Eden? It is also Mount Zion. It is a person. But it is like a mountain where rivers will come out of. But if you look at the image, it was Adam who was stationed there. And out of Adam flew rivers. Meaning if Adam didn't go into a certain place on the earth, rivers will not flow out of him to feed that area in the earth. And he's saying that is a type and a shadow of things that are now. Meaning the river of God cannot flow and the four rivers cannot flow, which is the river of prosperity, the river of breakthrough and overflow, the river of calling and destiny, and the river of the anointing and the sweetness cannot reach the nations unless you begin to go out and cause the river to flow out of you. But unless you are in a place of rest, you cannot move in the river because you will always resist the river. Listen to me. Go to Ezekiel, Ezekiel 47 verse 1. Ezekiel 47 verse 1. Then He brought me back to the door of the temple. And there was water flowing from under the threshold. So we've established you are the temple of God. Are you guys with me? Flowing under the threshold of the temple towards the east. Say with me, the east. Man was put eastwards of Eden in the garden. There was a gate in the garden eastward. Everything when it comes to east, why? East represents the rising of the sun. So the waters come out of the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple. 
south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gateway that faces east. Say with me, east. Meaning God wants you to look at your rising. The Bible says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Where do you look at the rising? You're looking at the sun where it comes up. So the temple faces not the natural sun, but it faces the sun which is in heaven, which is the glory of God. That is why Eden faced eastward. The temple faced eastward. The river came out eastward. It came out of a place called the Lamb, a person called the Lamb. It comes out of the glory. And He wants you to face the glory. Because if you look upon the glory and if you behold the glory of the Lord as in a mirror, you are changed into that same image are you guys with me and led me around outside gate to her face east no 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 go back I haven't finished and there was water running out on the right side next verse and when the man went out to the east with a line now he's speaking about a man he's speaking about an angel so he's saying I'm taken into this vision Ezekiel is saying I'm taken into this vision and then I see a man, which is an angel or a man of heaven, whatever it might be. But a man and went out to the east with a line in his hand. He measured 1,000 cubits. So with you, 1,000. Isn't it amazing that the Bible doesn't say uh, five kilometers or five miles, but it uses the word cubits. Why? Cubit speaks of depth. It speaks of the fullness. So he says he measured 1,000 cubits. And the word 1,000 speaks of completion. And it's speaking of perfection. Perfect. He measured 1,000 cubits. And he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. So with me, ankles. Remember that. So he measured the water close to the temple. He said, it's ankle deep. Next verse. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. He measured another 1,000 cubits. He got into another dimension and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the water that came up to my waist. Say with your waist. Again, he measured 1,000 and it was a river that could not cross for the water was too deep water in which one must swim a river that could not be crossed so the four dimensions are you with me some of you are giving me a strange look there in the back somewhere what is the rivers that are coming out of eden four rivers Four faces of an angel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Summer, winter, spring, autumn. North, south, east, west. Are you guys with me? Four spirits of God. Zechariah 6 verse 5. And we go into four and four and four. And what is he saying? He says, even in the river, there is four rivers. There are dimensions. The first one is ankle deep, first one. The second one is knee deep, the second one. Third one is waist deep. But you cannot get into the fourth dimension, which is the realm of the Spirit, unless you enter into the fourth realm where you're completely submerged in a river. A river that is so vast, 
that it takes you over and you cannot but rest because you cannot stand still and you cannot resist the river anymore. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Very few people entered into a fourth dimension. Mm. Are you guys with me? So to the fourth dimension. It is a place of rest. It is a place where you don't see this realm, but you see beyond. It is the outer court, the inner court, the Holy of Holies. And then the fourth one is the Ark of the Covenant. It is the place where the glory of God dwells. It is the realm of the fourth dimension. It is the realm where God dwells. We're living in a third dimensional world. The spiritual realm is the fourth dimension. It is the place that is beyond this dimension. And he said the only way you can get into this place is by getting into the river of God. But some are standing and they are ankle deep. And the river flows, but what happens is even though the river flows, they can still stand and have control of their lives. And then the river increases and it goes 10, uh, it goes 10, it goes, it goes knee deep. But they can still stand. What is he saying? He's saying the closer you are to the temple, the smaller the river is. Because the river had to come out underneath the threshold, threshing fault. Are you guys with me? So at the beginning of the temple, the river was shallow. The problem with Christians is they stay in the temple. And you think the glory of God is here. And yes, His glory is here. But there's a place of greatness that you haven't reached. And there's a place where the Holy Spirit cannot flow out of you. And the Holy Spirit is too shallow because you are not in a place where the lost is and you are not ministering to them. You think I have to come to church for my breakthrough? And we have created a mindset and indoctrinated people to think let's build the church from the inside out. Are you guys with me? Are you missing rugby? You can, you can go home. You can go home. Look at them running after a, a ball. That's what people are doing. But what are you doing? You're staying in the church and your river stays shallow. As the rivers came out of Adam, it was shallow. But as it went further, it became deeper and deeper and deeper. And the further it went, the more healing it brought. How far does your river reach? I don't know if you are with me. There's rivers of living water. For some of you in you, it is a well. For others, it is a fountain. But those who are entering to the third dimension is a river. Are you guys with me? And Jesus said, if you drink of me, these will have living water in you. What happens? It is a realm of rest. And people cannot enter rest because they have fear. And I say again, the Spirit of the Lord cannot be where fear is. Fear is a spirit. Fear is another voice, not the voice of God. So when I hear the voice of fear, I, I 
cancel the voice of God over my life. Every decision I make is based on fear, not on what God says. Whether it is the fear of man or fear of situations, it's based on fear. That's why I can either serve man, please man or please God. If I please man, it is fear-based. But if I have the fear of God, I please Him. But when the river comes out of the temple, it is shallow. When I stay close to the church, it is shallow. Unless I go out and the Bible says, go and make disciples of all nations. Say with me, nations. So the river needs to go to a certain place. Just stay with me. Are you guys with me? Let's go to where we were. Verse 6. So it's a vast river that could not be crossed. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there along the bank of the river were many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, This water flows towards the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. What waters are healed? The sea. Are you guys with me? Let's go on, verse 8. Oh, where we were, verse 9. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes. Let me read it again, verse 9. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, Wherever the rivers, the four rivers, or you, if you catch this message, you become a river. Go, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there for they will be healed and everything will live. Wherever the river goes, so that everything will live. Meaning where death is, the river of God is not. If you are in a place and there's death, the river has not come out of your belly. The river has not flown out of your heart. Let's go to the next verse. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Engedi to Engliam. There will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. But its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt along the bank of the river. On this side and that will grow all... Wait, go with me one verse back. But its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. Say with me, salt. He says there are places that this cannot be healed. This is according to the river in the Old Testament. But Jesus comes and He says, you're the light of the world. You're a city on a hill, but you are the salt of the earth. Are you guys with me? Next verse. 
along the bank of the river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Let me read it again. Go verse, verse back. If you know in counter language, we say along the bank of the river, on this side and that will grow all kinds of men used for food. The men's leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month, whether in season or out of season because their water flows from the sanctuary. That's why when Jesus came to the fig tree and the Bible says it was not the season for the fig tree to bear fruit and He cursed it because under the law there are seasons. Under grace, you are in your season every moment to bear fruit. Are you guys with me? Under the law, there are timing. Under the grace, the time of salvation is now. The promises of God are yes and amen. Let's go, let's go on. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. They say their leaves for medicine. Say it again, say their leaves for medicine. So you see medicine is in the Bible. Christians are like, we have to stay away from medicine. Do you know how many Christians are dying because their faith is a faith that is not of substance? We have Christians that want to take medicine because they don't understand faith. They don't understand how it works. There's a spiritual realm and then there's a natural realm. And in no way am I removing the healing of God because the Bible says even the river will, wherever the river goes, all things will be healed. Meaning if this river touches, it will be healed. But how does this river touch people? It has to get out of the temple. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. It has to move away from the temple. And we have built church around wanting to get people here all the time. Yet people are failing the greatest commandment that Jesus gave, which is not love the Lord your God, but go and make disciples of all nations. Because you cannot make disciples without love, but you can love God without making disciples. Are you guys with me? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your strength, your mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself is still a law. It's got nothing to do with salvation. Don't think your love for God brought you salvation. He loved you before you even loved Him. He loved you while you were sinners. While you were His enemies, He loved you. And without Him loving you first, you could not love Him. Without Him drawing you to Him, you cannot come to Him. Without Him drawing you to Him, you cannot pray. You cannot seek Him. You don't have a grace that you are hungry for Him. So when you love God, it is because He loved us first. Very simple. Yet people think, oh, I love God so much. No, just don't even say it. Why are you saying it? Show it by your works. Rather than just saying it, because there's a realm where people just say it, but they're not doing anything. And the love, the Bible says, 
They do these things, but without love, it is nothing. So let's go on. Let's go Ezekiel 47 verse 5. Let me just, let's jump back. I'm going to just touch on a few verses. Ezekiel 47 verse 5. I went through the story for you now. He says, and again he measured 1,000. It was a river that I could not cross, meaning it was a vast river. And one translation says it could not be passed over. Uh, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in. Say with it, to swim. When you're swimming, you're not in control. You're in control of another force. Are you guys with me? A river that could not be passed over. A river that could not be crossed. Meaning that there's a river that God has for you. Or there's a river that He doesn't have only for you, but that can come out of your belly. That can flow out of your heart. That is why when people's souls, when their hearts are not healed, a river cannot flow out. A river can only flow out if your soul is healed. A river can only flow out if your heart is healed. If your heart is not healed, a river will not flow. There will be things that will obstruct it. Are you guys with me? And people are not healed because they're not in a place of rest. And because they're not in a place of rest, they have anxieties and fear. And the river cannot flow. The glory of God cannot flow. So he says you have ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, until, say with me, completely immersed. Say it again, say completely immersed. There's a place of the fullness of God. Christians, or many of you have encountered Him ankle deep. And you're not daring to go deeper. There's a place where you can go deeper. So what happens in this river? Number one, say with your revival. Verse 12, let's go to verse 12. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. No, jump back. This is not verse 12. Go one verse back, one page back. Along the bank of the river, on this side and that, on this side and that, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. Meaning wherever you go, there will be multiplication, there will be fruitfulness. Jesus' main commission was not to deal with the works of the devil and also was not to bring you salvation. His first purpose was to make and bring many unto glory, many sons unto glory. To create the image of God on the earth that Adam messed up. Adam contorted the image of God. And God is saying, no, 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 now I'm going to take my spirit from him and I'm going to take the residue of my spirit from him so that I can keep it for another generation called the 42nd generation. Once I put it out on that generation, what I meant for Adam to have a generation, I pulled back my spirit and I say, man shall only live 120 years, but now I will pour out my spirit upon another generation so that I can make many brethren and bring many sons unto glory. So what is your first purpose? To take and duplicate the image of God. Meaning how many people are following you? How many people are saying that they can follow you as an example of Christ? Come on. Have you experienced salvation? Are you guys with me? Have you, since, have, you, since, have you experienced salvation? You who uh, cannot move in your body of excitement. Have you experienced salvation? Or has
watch the river of God truly come into you. Where it's a river that flows. And wherever you go, you cannot help but the river to come out. And when someone hasn't, uh, hasn't encountered the rest of the Lord, the rest of God, they have not entered into the seventh day. Say with me, God blessed the seventh day. He blessed the seventh day, not the sixth day where He worked, not the fifth day, not the fourth day, not any day that He worked, He blessed. He said it was good. But God blessed the seventh day. Meaning God blesses the place where you rest. God blesses the realm where you enter into rest. Yet you think you have to work for His blessing. He says, no, no, you don't have to work. I bless the place where you are resting. I bless the moment. Listen, you are a human being, not a human doing. You are a human being because you be before you do. But many do before they can be. Or they try to do so that they can be and be accepted. And you have been grown up from a childhood to try to do and do and work and work to become and have an identity. Yet God is saying, I'm not looking for your works. You are sons of God. You are accepted in the beloved. I have made you and begotten you and adopted you a son of God. I have blessed the seventh day, the day of rest. Are you guys with me? Have your seats, have your seats. So there's revival, so with the revival. Number two, what is in the river? There's revelation. It gives you the ability to see. You can look into somebody's eyes and see if they know the river of God or not. Whether they've experienced it or not. The river of God requires somebody to give over to Him. Are you guys with me? The presence and the glory of God, even when it comes into a service, it requires somebody to give over to Him. Many are holding on to their pride, their reputation. They are holding on to, on to flesh, carnality, the things in their minds, and they are continually rationalizing, fearing, even while listening to this message. You hear, but you do not hear. You don't hear with your ears. You hear with your spirit, your heart. That is why where the anointing is present, the anointing doesn't go into your ears. The anointing goes into your heart. The gateway of the anointing is your belly, which is the heart of your spirit. It is the matrix and the womb of the spirit. It is the entry point. It is where the river comes out of. Are you guys with me? And it is where importation comes in. That is why many times demons are lodged in the belly of a person or at the bottom of their spine because it's speaking of the lower depths. This is the garden on the earth. This is Eden. And this is the garden of God. And I explained it in Centurion. I don't think I explained it here. That the physiological interpretation of Scripture 
when 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 uh, Jew, in Jewish custom they used a manner of interpretation to compare what scripture is saying to the human body so they would say the human body is that the garden of God is the mind this area up here the Eden is the cerebellum right here going down and then the garden on the earth is the lower depths the lower part of the body that is why when you eat food it affects, it affects the lower part of the body it goes into the snake-like form of intestines, which is shaped like a serpent. So when you eat food, it keeps a person dense and it keeps them down. Are you guys with me? That is why many times, even in the Old Testament, God, the Bible says, would abstain from these foods. Abstain from these foods. Why? It was cursed. And that is where it would go into the belly. The only thing is people are still getting demons by eating things because they're under the law and not under grace. Because Jesus said, you shall drink poison and it shall not harm you. But now people come, oh, I have eaten this in my dream and I've taken this in my dream and some spirit came and gave me this in my dream. I'm not denying the reality because we're casting the spirit out. But why in the first place did it affect you? If you are of grace, if you are of the Spirit. Oh, come on. You are, the reason it can affect you is because sin is looking for the law in a person. And when sin finds the law, it enters. And the moment it enters, it brings with it a revival of sin. And it brings forth death. And the Bible says it brings forth all manner of evil. All manner of concupiscence. Romans chapter number 7 verse 8 and 14. All manner of evil. Because you are under the law. Where's the freedom? Grace. That it doesn't matter what is fed to you in your dream. There's no possession or demonization that is taking place. It doesn't matter if you eat halal food or whatever food is offered up to any idol or whatever curse they have put on. It cannot affect you. It should not affect you. Come on. If it affects you, you are under the law. You are not under grace. Grace is a power. The Bible says grace has dominion over sin. Grace triumphs over sin. Grace rules over sin. Get out of the law. So where is the power? It is in grace. Are you guys with me? So why do people get demons? And all the deliverance ministers will get so upset of me saying this. Why do people get dream demons? Because they're under the law. They're under the law. That's the only open door. There's only two religions. It's the religion of grace and the religion of works. What is Satanism? Works. What is Islam? Works. What is Mormonism? Works. What is atheism? Works. Atheism is a religion. What is Scientology? Works. Everything is works. Jesus Christ came and the Bible says He is grace and truth. And He's the only religion that comes and say, you have to do nothing. 
because I have done everything. And grace is this, that even if you do mess up, it cannot even remove you from me. You cannot even depart from me. You cannot even deny me. That is grace. But this is news that is too good to be true. Exactly. It is too good to be true news. If it was not too good to be true, it would not be the gospel. It would be able to be attained by ourselves. But there's no way we could have ever entered into this outside of Jesus Christ. So why does demonization come? Because you're under the law. You haven't experienced grace. Come on, are you guys with me? So why do you think we preach the message of grace? Why do we preach this, this gospel of grace? To set people free. Because I know why they have demons. Because there's no way that you can spend time in the presence of God, in the secret place, the most holy place, where the glory is present and you're in prayer and you're in worship and you love Him. There's no way you can spend time there and understanding the finished work of the cross and have demons. You cannot. Because if you have, it'll eventually begin to come out and it'll leave you. Because no person can enter into the rest of the Lord with bondage. The rest of the Lord is bondage free. Are you guys with me? And this is not a message of condemnation. I'm just giving you truth. Why do demons come? Legalism. How did Satan enter even into Eve? Legalism. What was the first thing they used to cover themselves? A fig tree which represents the law, which represents the curse. That's why Jesus, many years later, let's say uh, 6,000 years later, looked at the fig tree and cursed it. Because the fig tree came from, and he says, from its roots, the tree was plucked up. Which means from Eden, the tree was plucked up. Because it had its work in Eden. In the garden. Are you guys with me? So in the river, so with me, is revelation. Go through 47 verse 6, Ezekiel 47 verse 6. Say again, say revelation. You will have sight. You will have spiritual sight. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Say, have you seen this? It is in the river that your eyes are open to see. You are not catching it. It is in the river. What is the river? You have to rest and let the river take you. You cannot stand. You know when we pray for people, they stand like this. I will not fall over. The river can't work. Then there's people, they want to push forward and fall over. They have their little, um, what do you call it? Uh, 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 um, what do you call it? Uh, courtesy drop but forward, you know? I understand if the river pulls you forward, but you, have, you have always have a specific individual that always fall forward. Why are you not in the river? When you pray for somebody, you can even see who's in the river or not. You can see who have let go. You can see who has given their hearts over to let the Holy Spirit take. Oh, but it's not about falling over, but it is. Because He will make me lie down in green pastures. 
where the river is, there will be a flow. But people are resisting it by the carnality of their hearts. They are only ankle deep and they are not in the vastness of the river. They are knee deep, they are not completely overflown by the river. Or they are waist deep, but they are not yet immersed. They are not swimming in the river. He says, when you are completely immersed, the river will be so wide. You will not be able to cross it. You will not be able to go ahead. But the river will take you where it goes. Come on, are you guys with me? So when you're in the river, you go where the river goes. You don't force the river to go somewhere. So there's revelation, there's sight. What else is in the river? Go Ezekiel 47 verse 8. Two verses on verse 8. Then he said to me, Those water flows towards the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. Say with me, the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. The ocean speaks of two things. It speaks of greatness, number one. But number two, it's speaking of nations. The moment a river goes into the sea, it can reach other continents and it can reach the nations. Meaning God is saying there's a river that is coming out of you. But you first need to be in the river for the river to come out of you. And then once this river comes out of you, it will take you and you will swim and you will flow with it. And it will reach nations. Meaning I have not called you to a community only or to white only or black only or colored. No, no, no. I have called you to nations. I have called you to touch nations. If you ankle deep, you will never touch nations. If you knee deep or waist deep, you will never touch nations. The river of God needs you to be completely immersed in the river of God. Come on, are you guys with me? Say with me, I want to be in the river. So I give myself over to the river of God. Let rivers come out of me, out of my belly. Let it flow, rivers of living water. Your heart has to be open for it. It comes out of your heart. Have you seen? Have you seen? That is why when somebody's not healed in their soul, the river cannot flow. Psalm 2 verse 8. Ask of me. So if you ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. Meaning what is your inheritance? It is nations. South Africa has a local mindset. They don't understand nations. We are in a digital age where the world and the globe has become a village you can reach somebody in Europe as if they are your friends we have people watching as if they are in the service so the globe has become a village and 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 and, and uh, international has become local are you guys with me so what is happening it's the fulfillment of prophecy that the river shall flow and wherever it touches It'll go into nations. And the moment it reaches nations to the waters of the sea, what does it say? It says, it, its waters will be healed. What else is in the river? Let's go Ezekiel 47 verse 12. Ezekiel 47 verse 12. 
Larusta Along the bank of the river, on this side and that, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Serve for food. Their leaves will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They'll bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. They bear fruit every month because their water comes from the temple. It comes from the Holy of Holies. It comes from the place where the glory is. It comes from the Lamb. The river flows out of the Lamb. He is the vine, we are the branches. Unless we are engrafted into the vine and connected to the vine, we cannot flow out of it. So people who are not fruitful are not connected to the vine. People who are not fruitful are not engrafted to the vine. They're not in a place where the glory is. So there's no fruit, there's no river coming out of them. Somebody might have given you wrong waters. Because the book of Revelation says the river is pure. It says this river that comes from the throne from the Lamb is pure. So they pure. The waters must be pure. Because everywhere it touches, it'll bring healing. Are you guys with me? Why do we have e-groups and cell groups and so on? So that the waters can touch people. You cannot help but be fruitful if the river comes out of you. People will come to you because they will get living waters from you. They'll be drawn to you because there'll be living waters coming out of you. They cannot help it. You'll have a house and the house will be full. And then you'll go to the next house and that house will be full. If you've tasted and drank of the living waters, it'll flow out of your belly. But some of you need living waters so that it can flow out of you. And then it says, whoever drinks of you, will be filled with living waters. Come on. Are you guys with me? So out of the sanctuary, so the sanctuary, are you connected to the vine? So what is in the river? So the prosperity, provision. There's finances in the river. As long as you are in the river, there will be finances that will flow out of you and there will be finances that will come to you. What is the fifth thing that comes out of the river? Ezekiel 47 verse 9. Ezekiel 47 verse 9. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish. So the multitude of fish. Because these waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Engedi to Englam. There will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea. I want you to see something here. Exceedingly many. He's saying wherever this river goes, the fish will have multitudes. But not only will the fish have multitudes, there will be great fish in the same river that is in the great sea. So he's saying you will have whales in this river. 
is not limited like it is in the natural which means what does fish represent so the people but fish speaks of an uncontaminated area the sea is uncontaminated are you guys with me meaning that jesus the symbol of jesus is a fish wasn't it in the early church where they would put a fish and you can get into the star signs, we can get into the seas, and we can get into a lot of things that I'm not going to teach on right now. But it's the fish, and we can see the dragnet, and we can see all this symbolism, but Jesus is the symbol of a fish. So everywhere where you see fish in the Scripture is connected to Christ, and is connected to people. So Moses was taken from the water, like a fish from the water. Joshua in the Bible was called the son of Nun. Jonah was taken by a fish and was vomited out into his destiny. Meaning a fish came and took Jonah. Christ came and took Jonah and vomited him in his destiny. Or somebody that you got and saved and discipled has taken somebody and put it into their destiny. You can only put somebody into their destiny if you have Christ, which is the fish. And you can only be fishers of men if you were caught by the great fisherman, which is Christ. Are you guys with me? Mm. Jonah 2 verse 1. Go to Jonah. Or let's go Jonah 1 17. Jonah 1 17. Jonah 1 17. Listen to this. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Look what he did in the belly of the fish. Two verse one. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. Unless you are in Christ, you cannot reach God. It was in the belly of a fish. It was the one that vomited him in his destiny. Are you guys with me? What did Jesus do? He says, go and catch a fish and open its mouth and take the coin out of the fish's mouth. So what is in the fish? Prosperity. What is in Christ? Prosperity. But what is in disciples? If you make disciples and you become fishers of men, prosperity. People are running after everything except doing what Jesus said. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Are you guys with me? If you involve yourself in the work and business of the kingdom, you will never lack finances. If you become the sustenance of people, God will make sure that you receive sustenance. I'm going to say it again. If you become the sustenance of people, if you become the living water of people, God will make sure you stay alive. He will make sure that you are looked after. Even if it is taking a coin out of a fish's mouth. That is why people need to catch 
the understanding of I'm being discipled and I'm discipling others. If no one is following me, I have done nothing for Christ. If no one is following me, I've done nothing for Him. Nothing. Apps, I might have done my business. I serve myself. I might have gotten a good work, do all these things. What am I doing? I serve my own God myself as God myself. The moment I reach someone else, I make a disciple of someone else, I begin to serve God. Jesus gave one instruction when He left, left the earth. Go and make disciples. He didn't say it to apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. He said to every single to His disciples. His disciples became apostles and they eventually said, they wrote in the book of Ephesians that we, do, we, are, we are equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. So they are the ones who must make disciples. We are equipping them so they can make disciples. Are you guys with me? So he took a coin out of the mouth of the fish. Go Matthew 15 verse 34. Matthew 15 verse 34. And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven and a few little fish. Jesus fed 15,000 people with a few little fish. Meaning, give me somebody that is pliable or somebody that is saying, I'm serving in the kingdom of God. I am being discipled and I'm discipling others and I'll feed 15,000 people or I'll be able to reach nations if somebody can become a fish and become fishers of men. So Jesus multiplied a fish. Are you guys with me? How did His disciples recognize Him when He ate fish? The Bible says when He ate with Him fish, they recognized it was Him. The eyes were open and they saw it was Him. Because He's the fish, the great fish, and He's the great fisherman. And He says, go and be fishers of men. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and take this image that I've put in you and put it into others. Are you guys with me? Go Habakkuk 1 verse 14. Habakkuk 1 verse 14. Why do you make men like fish of the sea? So who is fish? So with me, men. So he said to the disciples, I will make you fishers of men. He didn't say hunters of men. Because hunting means you chase down and you shoot down. But fishing means you have to pull something. Hunting takes no skill. Fishing takes skill. Hunting is against something's will. Fishing is grabbing something by its own will. Hunting hunts down, fish allures and pull. Unless you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, a sweet perfume coming out of you, you cannot draw a fish to you. 
What happens when you catch a fish? It has a lure on that is sparkling, that is a different color, and the eye of the fish catches it. Are you guys with me? Or it has bites, and the smell catches the fish. And the fish is lured towards, meaning what smell comes from you? What taste comes from you? What light is shining out of you? When the fish swims in the ocean, does it see a sparkling light that it is lured towards you? That once it bites, you have the ability to hook it and to catch it. And you can pull it out of one dimension of water into another dimension of the natural because the ocean is one dimension and the earth is another dimension. Please understand this. Are you guys with me? So say with me, in the river is a great harvest. Meaning unless I'm in the river of God, I cannot get a harvest that there is for me. When the river comes out of me, there'll be multiplication, there'll be rivers, there'll be a harvest that it will begin to reach. Let's go to the next one, 49 verse, uh, sorry, 47 verse 9. Ezekiel 47 verse 9. Ezekiel 47 verse 9. And it shall be that everything that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. There'll be very great multitude of fish because these waters go there for they will be healed. Say with me, healed. And everything where the river goes will live. So there's healing in the river. If the river flows here, you can even be in the back and there can be healing. Or you can be standing in front when we're praying. If you allow the river to flow, there's healing in the river. This is a promise. Are you guys with me? Go John 4 verse 14. John 4 verse 14. Another thing that is in the river. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become an, in him a fountain of water. Springing up into everlasting life. Next verse. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. And I'm going to paraphrase on. He says, you have, go and call your husband. She says, I have no husband. He said, you have spoken correctly because you have five husbands. So, uh, and then she says, Sir, I perceive you to be a prophet. So what is in the river? So the prophecy. Anyone that is in the river or has the river flow out of them will be able to easily bubble forth with prophecy. It will be easy. Anybody that cannot prophesy is not in the river. Anybody that cannot prophesy does not have a river that is coming out of them. Because they are in their rational mind, they are still ankle deep. And they are having their own control. Unless you are in the river, when the river comes, it makes you drunk. The river was poured out in Acts chapter number 2. When the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the upper room. And they were all, the Bible says, when they were looked upon, it, they were not, Peter says, these men are not drunk as you suppose. But they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Meaning that when the river comes, it'll be like you're out of your mind. Why is it that Christians require the laying on of hands? 
before they can get into the river. Are you guys with me? What does it do? What, does, what, does, what keeps a person so rationalized? What keeps a person so rigid? It's religion. It's flesh, religion and pride. Pride is symbolized in Scripture as a tall tree, one that stands tall. Pride. That's why Pharaoh stood as pride as a tree, a tall tree. And the Bible symbolizes Pharaoh as the tallest tree in the garden. Then we can see what Lucifer had pride in his heart and he said, I will ascend like the Most High. I will be like the Most High. And pride takes you to a place of being tall. Pride makes you rigid. Pride makes you unable to receive. The Holy Ghost does not touch pride. The Holy Spirit touches those who are humble, those whom the river can take and can flow with them. Healing comes to those who can receive, not those who resist. Are you guys with me? Prophecy comes to those who can receive, not those who are resisting. Prophecy comes to those who receive, not those who are obstinate. It is those who can jump in the river and can just go where the water takes them to go. And then the Bible says, out of my belly, say my belly, say my heart, shall flow rivers, four rivers of living water, shall flow the four spirits of God that shall come out of me shall come the four faces of an angel, the four faces of God, the multi-dimensional faces of God, the many faces of God. Out of me shall flow the different Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Out of me shall flow creation, number four, the four rivers, which means creation. Wherever I go, creation is touched. Creation takes place, whether it's in my business, whether it's in my family, wherever it is. But creation and creativity flows out of my spirits.